All right. So what's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 188 on surprising non-traditional ways to invest in real estate. Now, today we have an amazing guest in the building. We have Matthew Sullivan. Matthew is a is a helicopter pilot, the first that I've ever met. So that's super exciting. <laughs> Matthew is also the CEO and founder of Quantum RE, a financing tool that allows homeowners to tap into their equity without taking out more debt. That's super, super intriguing. I was, once I saw that, I just wanted to get Matt in the building because we talk a lot about real estate. We talk about, uh, you know, creative ways to invest and find real estate deals to be, to make more real estate investors. And this is a, a creative way that I could see that can help a lot of people, you know, get out of some situations and maybe even get into a more positive situation. So with that, Matthew yes. is also the founder of a real estate crowdfunding company called crowdventure.com. So Matthew, I'm super excited to have these conversations with you, learn a lot, a lot more about you and your endeavors, how you got into the space that you're in. Um, I, I really want to, you know, first uh, give our listeners some context because, you know, I, I've heard the word crowdfunding, but I can't even, you know, say that I'm 1000% sure on what crowdfunding is and how it works. So I'm sure our millionaires out there are wondering what that means. Um, tell us a little bit about crowdfunding and, you know, how it can be beneficial towards, you know, business and, you know, it, uh, investments and things of that nature. Sure. Kai, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. <laughs> it's a real pleasure to be on. Um, I think for your kind introduction. Um, so cr crowdfunding really came about um, after the Jobs Act was passed. Um, it was a few years ago, probably about eight or nine years ago now. Um, and the Jobs Act was uh, passed by Barack Obama. And it stands for Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act. And what that did was it changed some of the rules um, regarding how you can raise money. And most importantly, it created this ability for people to raise money through the internet because it removed a restriction that said you can't publicly solicit investments for deals. So that mm. evolved. So post the Jobs Act, you were and you are allowed to raise money and publicly offer your deal, whether it be a real estate deal or whether it be um, you know, any, any type of investment. And that gave birth to um, a whole range of online investment platforms. Um, companies like um, you know, Republic, for example, that allows you to invest in um, all sorts of different startup companies. Then you have a whole range of real estate crowdfunding companies like, Real, like Realty Mogul and uh, Realty Shares and, uh, and Ground Floor and um, Fundrise, um, all of whom have been, well, I think Realty Shares has, has um, sort of um, not, but uh, all of the other companies have been incredibly successful and have raised um, together billions mm -hmm. of dollars. Um, and really what that change in legislation did was open the doors to enable smaller, non-accredited um, uh, and um, accredited investors. In other words, non-institutions. So, 
So you don't have to be a family office or a member of the local country club to be able to get good quality real estate um, investments. So crowdfunding, as its name suggests, really opened up investing to the crowd. And I think it's a, a fairly overused expression, but this concept of democratizing investment, in other words, making it available to people um, irrespective of um, you know, where they are, uh, it, you know, whereas if they have the capital to invest and they qualify, then mm. these investments are made available. Got it. So if I'm using it correctly, it sounds like if I want to buy a $100,000 single family property through the crowdfunding um, uh, method, I could maybe find two or three, you know, um, investors that would like to invest the funds uh, for a stake or for a part in that deal? Or is that kind of how it yeah. works? Yes, exactly. I mean, what you're doing, really, what crowdfunding does is it takes a deal. I'll give you an example. You, you, you might have a, a $5 million investment. And typically, those investments would be funded by a small number of partners, normally through an LLC or a, a, a partnership. So you'd normally have in those types of deals, historically, you'd have a small number of partners, small number of investors. Um, now, what crowdfunding has done has made it possible to have a much larger number of investors because you have the efficiencies of technology and the economies of scale. And that means potentially you could have thousands of smaller investors, each buying a much smaller chunk of that same deal. So you could mm. raise your $5 million from 5 million, well, obviously not 5 million, it would be a little bit, you know, a little mm. bit too much to manage, but from, from say sort of you know, 500 people, for example, mm. 1,000 people. And, um, and that really does um, make it much easier for people to invest in real estate and, divert, and to diversify. And also for the project sponsor, it makes it, a lot, um, it gives them more options. So in other words, um, it means that more deals can get to market because if there are more ways of financing those deals, then that means that there's more likelihood that those deals are going to see the light of day. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So with crowdventure.com, do you guys more so help these investors um, find the smaller investors and facilitate, or do you guys also manage like the back end paperwork? Because I'm only just thinking right now, Matthew, that if I'm trying to raise five million dollars uh, amongst you know one thousand, two thousand, five thousand smaller investors, how how am I going to keep up with making sure that that they're you know that they're paid their dividends or whatever the agree? Do you guys work? all of that out? Where, where do you guys come in? Uh, well, we, with, uh, so talking about, so, so crowd, crowd venture specifically um, it, it is, doesn't really do any business anymore. I mean, we, that was our sort of version one mm. of understanding what the marketplace is. And, and, and I set that up, I think almost nine years ago. Um, so it was um, how time flies, eh? Um, but it was very much in the early stages. So, um, but to answer your question, the crowdfunding companies that provide these types of opportunities um, do tend to manage all of the back end processes. So they mm. will manage the onboarding of the investors. 
um, they will manage the production of the K1s or the 1099s and the tax documents. Mm. Um, so you as a project sponsor, um, you know, you, you get to enjoy that benefit as well. So, uh, I mean, there comes a point that really depending on where you are, where you would, as the company, you would have to take that over at some point. Mm. Um, but, you know, these are all things that can be outsourced. But again, it really depends on, you know, the types of projects. And some projects are suited to having lots and lots of very small investors. Um, other projects are much more suited to have a, a smaller number of uh, more qualified investors. So it really depends on, you know, what your project is and how you're trying to raise money. But I think really what's important is that crowdfunding is a way of communicating directly to a large number of investors through technology and through that change in legislation that came about through the Jobs Act. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for clearing that up and, and giving me a better understanding of what crowdfunding is and the benefits. Really excited to dive in on, you know, everything that we have, you know, on, on our schedule today. And, you know, before we move on, you know, what what do you think is like some of the the top or the the best thing that our millionaires are going to be able to walk away from this conversation today? What, are we, what, what can they expect from today's conversation? Well, we do something that is very different to <clears throat> what most people are expecting. And, and really, that is to solve a major problem for um, homeowners mm-hmm. who have a significant amount of equity in their homes, but don't want to borrow more money or simply can't borrow more money. So we have a way that enables homeowners to access the equity in their homes without taking on more debt. So that means that we can provide capital, in some cases up to half a million dollars, to a homeowner with no monthly payments, uh, no interest, no added debt. They can use that capital for whatever they want. So they can use it to make an investment in another property. They can use it to pay down expensive credit card debt or any any use that they want. Um, and the way that we do that is we're investors and not lenders. So what we do is we partner with the homeowner and in exchange for a cash lump sum, um, we get a commitment from the homeowner that when they sell their home, uh, we get a share of the percentage of the value of the property at that time. So what we're doing is we're saying we'll give you cash today based on the value of your home in exchange for a share of the value of your home at a pre-agreed time in the future. So um, and that, that time can be any time in the next over the next 10 years. So effectively, mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're selling us some of the future value of your home in exchange for cash today. But what's really important is if you're a homeowner and you've got equity, but you don't want to go deeper into debt, or you may simply not qualify for uh, a a HELOC or a cash out refinance, this is a way that enables you to tap into that equity. And it really depends on who you are. You may want to use that equity as a down payment on another investment property. So it's a great way of diversifying out of your home equity without having to go back to the bank and borrow more money that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense well i'm i'm super excited i know our our millionaires have a lot of questions as do i about that process how you guys qualify and you know matthew as we are 
you know, continuing on with our conversation. Again, I just want to welcome you to the Million Dollar Mind podcast uh, for the first time. And I want to welcome our guests who are tuning in for the first time and some of our vets. This is the number one community for self-mastery and abundance. By having million dollar conversations with really dope people like the one we're about to have with you, Matthew. So super excited. To our millionaires, this is the only place, right, for you to get money making tips and tricks for finding your passions and attracting opportunities to create the life of your dreams. So, Matthew. All right, what's up, millionaire? So I know I shared this once, maybe even twice, but here's the third time. So I'm really starting to lose faith in business cards. And the reason why is because every time I get about 500 business cards, I use about 100, 150, and my business has changed. Whether the website has changed or just things are just changing, especially when you're a new entrepreneur. You know, I've been in entrepreneurship just under five years. So, you know, things are still changing. You're optimizing, you're getting new websites, getting new Instagram accounts, and your business card really expires. So what I learned and what I love now is Popple, right? I have a Popple card right here in my pocket. And what I love about it is it's a physical card that I can put my logo on, even has a QR code that I can scan or hold up to somebody's phone. And they have a virtual business card where I can update my information as much as I need to. I can share as much information as I want to from my phone number, social media pages, the whole nine. And I can also disable sharing that information if I want to as well. I definitely want you guys to consider Popple because as your business is changing, why spend so much money on these paper business cards when most of the times people throw them away and it's expired because you changed your business. So there's also going to be a link at the bottom of this video for you to download Popple, get your business card, or if I hold it up close enough, you might be able to scan that QR code. Matthew, you talked about pretty much a process that not a lot of people are familiar with as far as getting huge lump sums of cash, you know, for their home, um, but still being able to live in the home, still have ownership of the home at the time. What is your guys' process for qualifying uh, the homeowners or even qualifying the homes that make sense for, for you guys as investors? The most important difference between what we do and what the banks do is that we primarily focus on the property as opposed to the homeowner. Mm. So in other words, first and foremost, we're gonna say, where is the property? How much equity do you have in the property? What's the property worth? And do we think it's in a location that's gonna appreciate? Um, and then we'll start looking at the homeowner and, and we'll say, um, what's your credit score? And um, you know, have there been any you know, negative events in the past, such as a bankruptcy or um, maybe missed port mortgage payment, something like that. That's, that's going to be quite important. Um, what we don't do is we don't worry at all about what your debt to income ratio is. Um, we don't worry about your income um, or um, whether or not you are able to verify all of your income, all of the things that the banks really focus on, things like you know how much you earn and how do you prove that. That's not really important to us because what is important is that there's enough equity um, for you to be able to sell us some of the future value, some of the future equity, um, and that the home is in good repair, and, and that you're likely to be able to uh, continue to meet your obligations um, going forward. So um, the process for underwriting is a lot easier, a lot quicker, and a lot less painful uh, than going through a typical loan. Um, and really, you can go onto our website and put your property address in, 
um, and it will give you uh, an instant estimated value and we'll estimate your existing mortgage and we'll tell you there and then whether or not we think we might be able to help you. Um, and if so, how much we think we might be able to unlock or access for you. And then you would simply give us your name and your details. And then uh, one of us will contact you and take you through the next steps. Mm, awesome. Awesome. So I'm more of a, I'm more of a numbers guy uh, in order for me to kind of visualize this, Matthew. And let's say, um, let's say I have a home that right now on Zillow, and I'm playing quotes because as an investor, I know we don't like to just use Zillow as a, a basis for how of a home is valued. But let's just say Zillow says my home is worth $450,000. Uh, that's the Zestimate. And I currently have a mortgage left on a home of 200000 and my mortgage payments are about 1200 a month. So how how would I be able to unlock future future the future value if it's currently four fifty like do you guys see that maybe ten years from now it'll be worth seven hundred thousand dollars how does that work if by using those numbers if you could right so you've got about fifty five percent equity so if your mm -hmm. home is worth four hundred and fifty and you've got a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage you've got about um, 45 percent approximately is your, is your existing loan to value mm -hmm. so the first thing we do is say um is that less than um 75 percent the answer is obviously yes and then we're going to say well how much um how much can we invest so let's for the sake of you know easy figures let's pick 10 percent so we're going to say we're going to invest 10 percent of the current value of your home so that's forty five thousand mm -hmm. dollars now obviously if you wanted 20 percent, that would be 90 but let's let's call it 10 percent. so and we're going to add that forty five thousand dollars to your 200 so we're going to say um 245 um is that what is that as a percentage so if we have a combined investment and mortgage that's about 55%. So that's obviously less than our 75% threshold. So the first thing is you, you pass that test. So you know as you've got enough equity for us to be able to make that investment. Mm -hmm. So we're going to invest 10% of the current value of your property. And in exchange, you're going to give us 16% of the future value of your property. So when you sell your property, or if you decide to refinance, what we'll do is say at that time, and that time can be any time in the next 10 years, what is the value of your property on that date? And we can do that through an appraisal, or you might have decided to sell your home, in which case we can use the sales value of your property at that point. But let's say you sell your property for $500,000. What we would do then is you would pay us 16% of the value of the property at that time, and that would pay us off in full, you would have had a use of that $45,000 for the entire period, and you would have had no monthly payments, no interest, and there would be no other you know, fees or uh, costs involved. Now, the other thing is, if the value of your property went down to say $400,000, mm -hmm. it would still be 16%, but of that lower figure. So the real difference between us and the loan is that 
the loan stays the same. It doesn't really matter what the value of your house is. But if the value of your home goes down, the home equity agreement, you'll get back less. So we would get 16% of 400,000 or, you know, let's say, God forbid, that the property goes down to 350,000. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we would get 16% of that. So we take the risk both on, you know, the property going up, but also the property going down in value. So the way our, these agreements work is effectively you're selling us 16% of the future value of your property in exchange for 10% of today's value and that same ratio works so if you want to if you want us to invest 20 percent the current value then which is ninety thousand, then you would pay us 32 percent of the future value so it's that straightforward discounted equation mm, okay so are you guys leaving it up to the homeowner as far as what they use those funds for or are you guys exactly. pretty much okay? No, and, and and that's one of the real important points about this is, unlike a um, a bank that might um, really uh, force you to spend the money on something like home improvements, or and if you say to the bank, "I'm going to use the money to put new windows in," then in many cases they'll say, mm-hmm. "Okay, well, you know, we'll give it to you in stages, and you prove that you're putting the windows in." So they'll, mm-hmm. you know tie you up in all sorts of knots that way with us really what you're doing is you're selling us something that you already own so Mm -hmm. the equity that you have in your property is yours you're selling it to us and therefore the money that you get is yours so you should be free to spend it on whatever you want so you really can use it for anything and and this is a very important point it's not a loan so it doesn't go on your credit report as another loan Mm-hmm. So it doesn't you know, impact your credit score that way. And because it's not a loan and it doesn't appear as a loan anywhere, you can use that money to reduce your existing debt because you're not increasing your debt on one side to reduce it on the other side. You're actually bringing in fresh capital, which is capital from the sale of an asset effectively. And you're using that. So for what many people do is they use it to, reduce or pay off existing high uh, interest car um, you know debt and and at the same time as them paying off their debt and removing those awful monthly payments what it does is it helps improve your credit score because now you've got a much lower debt um, to income or a much lower spending ratio mm. so it's it's you know all sorts of benefits that way Wow. I didn't, I didn't think of that trade-off. I was, the first thing that came to my mind, Matthew, was using those funds to maybe do some home improvements, right? Try to increase the the value of the home sooner. But if I have 10 years, I can see how people would just rather make payments towards the debt because they can rely on the natural uh, appreciation of their property. Because 10 years is a long time. And um, I mean, do you guys have any like, like exit strategies that I mean, like, are you guaranteeing them to a ten-year, um, uh, I guess, contract period, or is there any way for you guys to protect yourself outside of waiting that long for for those funds, or is that pretty pretty standard? Well, it's funny you should ask that. One one of the biggest challenges um, of 
this type of investment for investors is when they say it's an equity investment. So I'm not going to get any rent and I'm not going to get any interest because it's not a loan. And I may have to wait 10 years for these people to sell their home. So I'm sitting there, you know, drumming my fingers for 10 years, waiting for this thing to pay off. So we created a marketplace, which we launched a few weeks ago, which we've been building for a number of years. And that marketplace takes those home equity agreements. We use blockchain technologies to chop them up into little pieces. And we then offer them up for sale to smaller investors using something very similar to a crowdfunding process. So that means, let's take your example. So we've got an investor that's invested $45,000 with you. You've got 10 years now before that becomes due. So you don't have to do anything for 10 years, but at the end of that 10 year period, um, you know, the contract becomes payable. So at that point, you know, you'll need to either sell the home or refinance or potentially renew the agreement for another 10 years. But in the meantime, we've taken your agreement and we put it into a process that allows it to be fractionalized. In other words, sliced and diced. And then investors can come into our platform. And if they like the idea of investing in properties in your area, they can buy a piece of the equity in your home, effectively. They can buy a, a slice of the um, home equity agreement, which gives them exposure to the potential equity upside that you're going to see in your property. So that pays back the original investor. So they get some liquidity. They make a return on their investment and they can then go and reinvest in another home equity agreement if they want. But it also, most importantly, creates um, liquidity and, and opens up this huge, previously untapped, multi-trillion dollar asset class. Because at the moment, you cannot buy some of the equity of a home if it's got someone living there. It's a bit like knocking on the door saying, you know, if your house goes up in value, can I have some of that? And, and that's effectively what we're doing. The homeowner stays there. They own the house. We don't go on title. We don't camp out in their spare bedroom. But when they come to sell their house, we get a share of the appreciation. We haven't had to pay the mortgage. We don't have to tidy the house up. We haven't got any tenants to worry about. Um, so it's a, it's a great investment from that perspective. So on one side, it really helps in the homeowner. On the other side, it's a really exciting, interesting asset class for investors that want to be able to buy into the equity of homes that are not for sale um, and not have to worry about doing anything. There's no active involvement. As I said, no toilets, no tenants, no trash. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's a win win win. Um, and, and it's so interesting, Matthew, I got, I have a two part question because my brain is just running. I'm trying to figure out like, what's, what space were you in where you came up with this concept and got it to where it is now? That's the first part. And then the second part is what problem did you identify that brought you to where you are now? Well, I'm going to answer those in reverse order because I think one thing led to the other. Mm -hmm. um, and really, I came across this type of investment when I was in the very early years of my crowdfunding company. 
And it's a fascinating, because one of the biggest challenges of running a crowdfunding platform is the deal flow. You know, how do you get, you know, scalable deal flow without having to build this huge infrastructure of people to manage each deal? And this type of investment is a great investment because it's very scalable because, you know, there are millions of homes that have, you know, 50% or more equity. So it's a very scalable asset class. It doesn't have any of the overhead associated with loans. You haven't got to service the, the loans. You don't have to you know, look after the properties or manage the properties. But in the problem really is, as I said before, there's no liquidity. You have to wait. And some of these contracts go on for even 30 years. They're actually quite long dated contracts. So the, the problem that we were all scratching our heads about um, when we came across this was on one side, it's a fantastic scalable um, you know, product, it's a you know, real estate contract or real estate investment that has embedded downside protection. And we can talk about that in a moment. It's got this sort of upside that you know, allows you to get a much better return than if you were just to invest in the home itself. But at that same time, um, then I was sort of scratching my head thinking, how is this going to work? That was when the whole blockchain and cryptocurrency world exploded. It was about four and a half years, five years ago, um, when we had ICOs coming out and then um, this whole rush of new, this, you know, this new currency, this, this new technology. And, and it really occurred to me at that point that we could use this type of technology which is actually a very smart, clever layer, which is the, the, the actual blockchain itself, not the cryptocurrency bit, but the blockchain itself, the ability to have this very efficient distributed ledger that you can't change, that, that has a great deal of trust involved. We mm -hmm. could use that as a way of actually securitizing effectively these home equity agreements and make them available to smaller investors sort of using all of the things that I've learned in, in my sort of crowdfunding days. Um, and so it was, it was a, you know, it wasn't a light bulb moment. Um, it was a, a series of sort of, you know, <laughs> lots of banging heads against walls thinking, you know, that the answer's in there somewhere, but it, it did eventually come out. And, and um, um, over the last, you know, three to four years, we honed the technology and actually the blockchain part has also evolved significantly. So now um, we can rely on those blockchain technologies, whereas before they were a little bit unreliable, well, actually very unreliable, uh, but now they're very reliable and they've actually got embedded um, contracts that are much more suitable for securities types, uh, securities style transactions. Wow. Man, shout out to humans being humans and just having the innovation to think of solutions like that, Matthew. Um, so let's say I'm the, I'm one of these smaller investors and using the the numbers that we used previously, the forty five, um, the forty five thousand and the ninety thousand after the end of the ten years or whenever. And let's say I'm the smaller investor. Is the percentage that I invest, the percentage of the forty five thousand that I invest, does that determine? the percentage or the return I would have access to of that 90,000 when it's, when yes. it's okay. Yeah, you're buying a share. So what we do is we take the whole agreement and we chop it up into equal parts, shares mm. effectively, and then you're going to buy a few shares. It's a bit like buying shares in a company. 
well, it's exactly like buying shares of a company because the company itself has one asset and that asset is that home equity agreement. So through our platform, you buy shares in that home equity agreement. Um, and so if it's a $45,000 um, home equity agreement um, and you you put in $450, you're buying a hundredth. So you're buying one share, one, one hundredth of that agreement. Um, and then when the agreement comes to its natural conclusion, if you hold on to it for say 10 years and the agreement then pays off, you will get exactly the same share of the proceeds. So let's say that it goes from 45,000 to 90,000, then your $450 will turn into $900. Mm. And then two things can happen. Either the homeowner decides to sell their home and the contract gets paid off, at which point the funds go back to you and you get your share of those funds. Or early next year, you will be able to sell your share to someone else in our marketplace. Now, as every day goes by, more and more value potentially accrues into these agreements. So you could buy a share of the agreement on one day, wait a period of time, the value of the property could go up, the value of the embedded contract value could go up, and then you could decide to maybe sell some or all of your shares or your tokens. And you would do that by selling them to another investor through our marketplace. So it's all controlled and we work through you know, related broker dealers. And so that will enable you to get some of your money back at a profit. And you might decide to go and invest it in another newer home equity agreement that's popped up in a, you know, on a house that's just you know, down the road from you, perhaps. So mm. our platform enables you to buy and sell these tokens. And these tokens represent shares in the company that owns those individual home equity agreements. Makes sense. That makes sense. And um, you had mentioned earlier a term that I want more clarity on, down, downside protection. What, what does that mean and how does it help? I'm very pleased you asked that. <laughs> now, remember we said that for 10% of the current value of your property, you as the homeowner agree that you're going to pay us 16% of the future value. Mm -hmm. So that means I'm buying effectively 16%. So if we say that your house is worth uh, $450,000, um, so I'm going to bring up my calculator here, and we're going to say 16% of that is 72,000. So I'm buying $72,000 worth of value in your home for $45,000. And that's, that's how the agreement works. And now there's a, a protection in there for you as the homeowner. If you decide to sell your property after six months or a year, there's a cap that comes into play that says, hang on a second, we're not going to charge you that full 72,000. There's an amount that we can charge you, which is a maximum amount each year. And that's sort of between 16 and 18%, typically something like that. So if you pay this off early, then we're going to say, what is the lowest figure? Is it the cap that we agreed on or is it the share of the value of the property? 
So you'd probably end up paying a lot less than that if you pay the agreement off early. But we're talking about downside protection. So yeah. I'm buying 16% of the value of your property. Now let's say that your property goes down in value. Let's say there's a, some crazy thing happens in the property market. Your house goes down from 450,000 to $400,000. Uh, and let's say in a couple of years time, you decided that that's it, you wanna move, you're gonna go, and, you know, I don't know, you're gonna buy a farm in upstate New York. And you've seen one and, and you sell your home for $400,000. Um, and we get 16% of that, remember. So 16% of $400,000 is $64,000. Now, our original investment was $45,000. We're gonna get back $64,000 which is a return, it's a positive return. So even though your property's gone down in value, our investors can still make a pretty solid return. Now, if I bought a share of the value of your property as a direct owner and your property goes down by 10% like that, I'm probably gonna take a 10% hit. So this is why home equity agreements are a much better alternative than direct investment or direct ownership, because not only do I not have to worry about, you know, toilets, termites, tenants and trash, if the property goes down in value, I can still make money and I can still make quite a lot of money. And your property would need to go down in value by over 30% and be sold at that level for me to actually start worrying about, you know, breaking even. Mm. So, that's why these types of investments are in such demand by the institutions and the big pension funds and the big um, you know, annuities, the big, you know, the larger institutions. Um, and that's why we think about a billion dollars a year is being invested into these types of home equity agreements. And there are other companies out there, aside from ourselves, who are really originating hundreds and hundreds of million, millions of dollars a year. Main difference is they don't have our trading platform. Um, and what they tend to do is work exclusively with you know, the big institutions and um, the big pension funds. We're mm. the only company that allows smaller investors to get involved. Gotcha, gotcha. So the, main, so the way that a smaller investor, let's say we have a smaller investor listening to this podcast episode right now, the main way for them to get in, involved is through that, blockchain the trade type of uh, of way yeah you just go to our website it's all you know it's all um uh, very easy it's a bit like signing up to something like um you know any of the online share trading platforms mm-hmm. you go in you create your account you at the moment we can only work with accredited investors but that's going to change later on in the year early part of next year um as we're going to apply for a type of securities exemption that allows us to offer these types of shares to smaller investors that don't have to be accredited. Um, so we're working on that and we're hoping that to, to be live sometime early next year. But you're right, you just go to our platform. It's pretty straightforward, it's pretty intuitive. Um, you create your account, you then you go through the process of um, identification. So you, you know, you'll take a snapshot of your driving license and take a selfie or two um, and then upload that. As soon as we know who you are and we've um, 
validated your identification. Um, you then set up your um, your wallet, your Algorand wallet, which is a you know a couple of clicks away, uh, and then you're free to trade. So you're free to at this stage you're free to buy some of these shares. And we've got four deals up at the moment, and we've got more deals coming, you know, in the next um, you know few weeks. So we're we're really just testing with a, a small number of deals, but we're expecting. Um, a much larger number of deals to come onto the platform very soon. So we're really in the very early stages of making this available. Um, but um, you know, it would be a, it's there so you can see it and you can touch it and you can actually, you can buy the stuff now. Awesome. And how can, um, how can uh, an investor get credited to, to be able to work with you guys and up until the point, right. That you open it up to smaller investors that don't need to be accredited. Well, at the moment, you just go through and, and if you're an accredited investor, then you just declare the fact that you are an accredited investor. Um, and then there's a few questions that we'll ask you and then we'll build a, um, uh, you know, we'll get to know you, uh, you know, a little bit better. So we'll have a few, you know, um, calls with you and answer any questions that we've got and we'll make sure that you've got all the information that you need. But if you're, if you are an accredited investor now, you just need to, just need to, um, let us know that that is your status and then you should be free to trade at that point awesome awesome that that's that's amazing I, i'm just still like mind blown at this entire process and why it took someone so long uh to 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 come up with a process like this uh to create such a win-win situation for again the homeowners and for investors because this is a great way for you know real estate investors just to kind of get an understanding of, you know, underwriting, you know, Definitely. taking a look at markets and seeing how appreciation works and being able to put some money into a deal without the the, the risk of actually buying a property and holding on to it uh, if they're not at that point yet. Very good point. I mean, that is a really good point because there's nothing like learning with your own money, but to buy a share of a property, that really is, you know, jumping in at the deep end. Because mm-hmm. you've got suddenly all those responsibilities and, and you've got all that exposure to additional costs, because if you're the owner of the property or the part owner of the property, you know, if something goes wrong, you're going to have to dip into your pocket and fix it. But if you're a passive investor in something like a home equity agreement, you get the upside, you've got that downside protection um, it's based on the value of the property and the land. So, um, you don't have that same level of responsibility. And, and some people, you know, um, are much um, more likely to, you know, to, to, to invest that way. But for people that want to get started, it gives you a really good way to, to get involved, to get the, you know, to get the shovel dirty, as it were, um, without all of that exposure, cost and hassle of being a landlord. Mm. Yeah, another great point. Another great point. Uh, the hassle of being a landlord, the hassle of, you know, dealing with renovations, repairs, contractors, all the moving parts that come with. And it sounds like you've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've been so um, I've been wholesaling for about uh, two and a half years now. And um, it, so our processes are a little bit similar, except you guys, you know, work with the, the contract of the equity, we're more so, you know, selling contracts to other investors that still have yes. to take into account 
contractors, you know, renovations and all the extra, you know, moving parts that come with it, tenants that, you know, can't pay and have to get moved out. So it's a very, it sounds like a similar process. You guys have tapped into another market that gives people a whole nother way to invest in real estate, you know, without, you know, considering these other moving parts. I'd say something else that's quite interesting is we also invest in rental properties. So think about some of the properties that you buy or that the people that you work with buy that have significant amount of equity in. We can help them unlock that equity. So if you've got investment properties, we can also work with those. So you may have a property that you've had for some time where the tenants have been paying the mortgage down and you've built the equity up. This is a great way of, of of getting access to that equity, so that perhaps you could buy another property, use it as use it as a down payment. Mm. And but so even so, it, even if I use the funds to buy another property, let's say I have a duplex that's worth you know five hundred thousand, and you guys decide to invest ten percent of that, you know, being at fifty thousand, and I use that as a down payment for another unit, I am still that contract is still with the duplex at 500,000, not with the, I can't try to trade it, you know, with the other investment property that I just purchased. Cause then you guys would take a loss if it's a, a cheaper property, correct? Well, that's right. Cause what we do is we then have that agreement secured against that property, but right. you've got the cash and you can use the cash as a down payment and then raise capital on that new property. So what you're doing is you're using the equity in one, and then that is the down payment, which you then leverage to buy another property. So you're diversifying out of having just one property. There's going to be a cost to that capital. But, you know, if you do it right, you could make a lot more with the properties that you buy um, mm-hmm. with those down payments. Then it actually costs you in terms of the home equity agreement itself. And you could potentially do it a lot faster, too, I, I would imagine. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, typically we can we can we can close um, around uh, you know four, probably about four weeks is the average time it takes for us to close. Okay, um, yeah. and you know that's that's that you know that, we can do it quicker than that, but that's uh, a lot a lot far, and there's a lot less hassle than working with you know typical lenders and, and other types of lending institutions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I can definitely tell us. I can definitely agree with that already. Most uh, we with wholesaling, we typically, you know, like to work with cash investors or hard money investors just because like with working with banks, you're expecting a, a 45, 60 day turnaround. You know, if, if you're yeah. lucky, if, if everything works exactly. smoothly. Got it. Yes, Got it. Exactly. Now, you mentioned the term um uh, on a couple of your publications and, you know, even in your, um, your rap sheet, uh, Matthew, that mentions this idea of being house rich and cash poor. What does that mean? If you could bring, you know, some awareness to that term and how you can be house rich, but cash poor. I think it's a term that's coming to prevalence, certainly over the last couple of years where, many people have seen a significant rise in the value of their homes, yet day-to-day it's more challenging than ever to pay the bills. So on one hand, I might be worth a quarter of a million dollars because if I look at the value of my home and 
the mortgage that I have on my home, I could have $300,000 of equity. But on the other hand, because the, you know, I, maybe I, my job's not going so well, or maybe due to other economic pressures, I find it difficult to just to make ends meet. So on one side, hang on, I've got, I'm supposed to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, so I'm house rich, but how do I get my money? I, I need the cash, I need that money. I need to be able to spend that. It's no good to me having it as equity if I can't spend it. So that's the real sort of dilemma. And I think if you look at the latest figures um, from Freddie Mac, there's tw nearly $28 trillion of equity in residential homes in the US. Um, and there are, I can't, I think it's about 15 million homes where the, um, I'll have to check these figures actually, but let's say that the significant number, millions and millions of homes are equity rich, which means the owner has 50% or more equity in their homes. So those people, how many of those people um, would like to be able to get their hands on their equity without having to borrow more money? Because if you borrow money, then you're increasing your monthly overhead. You've got the risk of missing payments. Of, uh, you've just got, you know, so, so it's, a, it's a great alternative to that. So house rich and cash poor really is just this, um, you know, this notion of, you know, I'm supposed to be rich, but I'm not because I just can't get my hands on it. And that's mm -hmm. what we really want to set out to change. That that makes that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for the explanation. And I could imagine, and just from our conversation, Matthew, it all sounds too good to be true, right? And it, it, it could it could all it could just be too good, or it just is good to be true, right? Where I'm getting at is what are some red flags though, or what are some things that people should at least have an understanding of before coming to you guys. Uh, that most people or you've seen earlier on that people ignore? What would, what would those red flags be that um, that you want to shed light on? Well, there are, the good news is that there aren't any um, red flags and such. There aren't any, um, there's nothing that really you should look at with these types of agreements um, and be concerned about. And the reason for that is that it is a true trade in other words most people will look at this through the lens of a borrower and they'll listen to what i say and they'll listen to no interest no monthly payments and that bit sounds too good to be true you're going to give me money and i don't have to make any payments but obviously that's not the case as we explained it's a trade and the trade is your um giving us 16% of the future value of the property in exchange for 10% of the current value. So we're buying 16% for 10%. So that's good from an investor's perspective. So that means the investor is gonna get a return on their investment that is relatively easy to understand. Now, that way, if you know how people make money out of this, then you realize that it's, it's just not too good to be true because they're making money. So now what I have to do as a homeowner is understand what that means for me. Uh, and what that means for me is that 
in the future, I'm going to have to give some of the value of my property to you, the investor. But in exchange for that obligation, you're giving me cash today. And that cash today is really useful to me because I can use it to pay off my, my debt, or I can use it as an investment, or I can use it for home improvements or whatever I want to do. So that exchange of value is a real exchange. We're taking risk as investors, but we're getting a good reward if that risk pays out. You as a homeowner can access some of your locked up value, but you're getting that at a discounted value. So you're paying for that. And if everyone understands what that trade is and what that balance is, then that question of it being too good to be true sort of goes away because then you understand that it, it does work for both people. And then really your question is, does it work for me? Are these figures the sort of figures that I want? Do I accept the fact that the money today is more valuable to me than potential money in the future? If the answer is yes, then great, let's go ahead. If it feels a bit too expensive or I don't like the idea of giving up equity in the future, um, or I don't need the money, or maybe I can borrow money at a much lower rate, then it's not for me. But the good thing is you make that decision based on knowledge of all of the factors that are involved. Mm. Um, and then the discussion moves on quickly from it being, I don't understand this, it sounds too good to be true, much more to, okay, tell me what are the numbers? How does it work? When do I get paid? When do I have to pay you back? What are the other things that I need to know? Um, and that leads to an informed decision by the homeowner. Um, and they can decide if they want to go ahead or not. And that's that's really where you want to be um, when you're dealing with any type of financing product. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Knowledge is power. And just having the information and the education alone empowers people to make a decision that is you know best suited for them. And I'm sure, Matthew, that you guys have this built into your vetting process. And though we'd like to hope that, you know, every person is an honest person, how do you got, where does the accountability come from or on your guys' part as far as making sure that the homeowner can't, even if they thought about it, as far as running off with selling a home without you guys, are you guys putting in like a lien um, for the amount of the 16 percent um again based yes, on the numbers that exactly. we spoke on yes so we record disagreements as a lien on title we don't go on title as owners but the agreement is recorded very similar to a trust deed so mm -hmm. the language is very, is very similar it's not a loan um but it's a it's a performance deed of trust so in other words our agreement is you know we're on title we are lien holders so that means we know if something's gonna, you know, if something's going wrong with your mortgage payments, we get advised if you're missing um, insurance payments or if something else is going wrong with the property. So we are um, in a position to um, really protect our investors and their investment. Um, and also there are terms in the agreement that say, look, you've got to look after this property because we're actually partners with you. And if you do let it, go into dilapidations then you know and, and we're going to have to fix that to protect our asset then that's going to come out of your share of the equity 
So there are provisions in the agreement that really are pretty sensible and common sense, mm-hmm. um, but state that you know if if things go down in value because of what you did, then that's going to have to come out of you know your share. Awesome, awesome. That I, I think that um that that makes perfect sense. I I would I would I definitely assume that you guys had provisions that would protect you against those things. I was more so curious as far as like the protection of making sure a person can't sell, you know, two years, three years later, you know, without you guys knowing about it, you know, and that, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, a lien as a trustee uh, definitely yes. would be a good way to protect yourself. So Matthew, as we are starting to switch gears um, to our later portion of the episode, I got a couple more questions for you, but before we get into our last segment of the show, we have our rapid fire round that has five mm. random questions that has nothing to do with, you know, anything we talked about. I don't even know the questions. This is partnered by our guys over at Poddex. So it's just five random questions. Wait, well, just okay. get, yeah. Just to get a chance to know you a little bit more for us to have some fun, uh, be brief, be brilliant, but most importantly, have fun. Okay. I'll do my very best. Awesome, awesome. In uh, one word or one sentence, uh, if you could. Um, if you could change one thing about yourself or your business, what would it be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was a little bit of a hard one. Um, I don't think I'd change anything. It sounds awful because then you just don't know what the... I think I know where I am, you know, mm-hmm. here. Um, 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 I wouldn't want to change any. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, the, I think we, we got with, with the business. I think we've actually got everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd like to have bought Bitcoin at $100 a go, you know, something like that. But, but no, I don't think there's anything fundamental. And I know this is more than one word or one sentence. <laughs> um, there's nothing fundamental that i wish i could go back and say god if only we'd done that or only we'd taken that route i think we you know we we've thought about what we've done a lot and we think about what we're doing a lot and i think you know we've i'm pleased to say we've actually made some you know some good decisions and and we're in a place now where um you know the time is right so um no i'm i'm pretty pretty happy with everything so far and you know I love the answer. It's always, it's always answer. Te- you, know, you know, you don't, you don't really want to, yeah, you just got to, it's a bit like going back in time. Yeah. You, just have you don't no want to do that. What the impact's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. And that's why I like that answer is because, you know, it sounds like you don't, you, you know, everything happened for a reason. You don't have any regrets. You know, you, you've made the decision that you've made and they're a cause and effect of where you are right now. And you're happy with that. That's, that's 1000% a good answer. What is left on your bucket list? And we can we can we can narrow that down. What is one thing you want to do before the year is over? I want to go flying again. Actually, yeah, you mentioned before helicopter pilot. So I'm a private helicopter pilot, and I started flying twenty um, something years ago. Um, haven't flown for a, actually no one's yeah actually yeah quite a way quite a long time ago. Um, I haven't flown for quite a while, so you know I am really beginning to get that itch again. So yeah. as the Chinooks fly overhead and the jet rangers and, you know, the uh, A-stars, you know, 
I, I just want to get that smell of the aviation fuel and that feel of the, you know, that the uh, thousand timed pieces in search of an oil leak. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that last part. I don't want to be looking for no oil leaks. That would make me too yes. paranoid. <laughs> what um what book do you believe belongs on everyone's shelf? Um, so there is one book, I, and this is the book that I have found most interesting. It's the one I can remember most. It's a book, I think it's called Getting Things Done by a guy called David Allen. And I read that book years ago. Well, in fact, now it's a bit of a lie because I've never actually read it all the way through. You just read a little bit and you think, God, it's really good. I'm going to mm-hmm. use that. And then you sort of put the book down. Um, but it, it just, there's it's just so many good nuggets of really useful stuff. I'll give an example. So, you know, many of us lie awake at three o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning you know, in bed going, God, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this. I mustn't forget to do that, I've got to do this. And, uh, and, and you go back all over again, going through your list of things you've got to do. And what Mr. Allen says is, look, you know, that's a stupid thing to do because your brain is designed to be creative and it's not designed to be the repository of useless information. So go and buy a notebook, write all this stuff down that you've got to remember and put your notebook in a place where you're not gonna lose it. So then at three o'clock in the, on the following Monday morning, wake up, you go, actually, I don't have to worry about these things that I've got to do because I know I've written them down, put them in a book. I know what that book is. So now I'm going to start thinking about creative things like mm. what does my website look like or how am I going to remodel that kitchen or what do I, you know, how, you know, where do I want to, you know, where else do I want to buy? So you then switch gears and stop cluttering your mind with all of this pointlessly useless information um, and you start using your creative abilities and you feel unfettered at that point. You don't feel weighed down and that was a really good thing. And, and David Allen is one of those guys that um, I'm sure he still um, speaks regularly, but you can catch him on um, YouTube and with presentations to you know, teams at Google with just generally really smart ways of doing things that um, give you a fresh perspective, you know, without you having to learn you know sort of yoga or something you know which is you know impossible like that no that yeah that makes a lot of sense so getting things done david allen i'm gonna check that book out i'm I'm a big fan of writing down to-do lists in fact that's been the that's been my trend for the last couple weeks or so is uh writing down my to-dos and just having that feeling of checking it off alone gives you that uh, that rush of instant gratification, just knowing that you're able to check something off your to-do list, it, it definitely feels good. And like you said, opens up that creativity yes. muscle as well. All right. And it's great because you can put simple things on there, like get up in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Make the bed, something yeah. like that. You can game the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is, uh, so this is our, is this is our last one until we move on, uh, Matthew, if you could be guaranteed one thing in life besides money, what would it be? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, um, uh, I don't know not, not to make stupid decisions. 
Oh, guaranteed to not make a stupid decision that could impact your life negatively. Well, no, no, just, you know, I mean, the thing is that there comes a point when you think, God, I'm old enough now. You know, why am I making the same mistakes over and over again? You know, when am I going to learn? So I think really just, um, I think the wish would be to be sort of slightly less stupid as you get older. I think naturally you become less stupid because, um, you know, there comes a point when you, your body naturally rebels against it. Um, but I think if we can sort of fast forward that, so, um, you know, so decisions one makes can be um, a little more enlightened, I think. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm complaining. I'm just saying, though, that, uh, you know, I think one, there's always that um, uh, fear that, that your, you know, the decisions you make, uh, you know, I think really just having the clarity of, of, uh, of, of you know, of making those, those decisions and really believing in them. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one, brother. I think that's a good one. If we could eliminate, you know, or at least fast forward the process of, of learning from our mistakes, I think everyone would be in a much better, you know, position. I think right, you said so. it more eloquently than I did, yes. <laughs> no, that was good, too. That was good, too. Well, Matthew, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure, you know, chopping it up with you about Quantum RE, getting a better understanding about what you guys do and how you're able to do it. Um, this, you know, I have one more question for you and I want you to kind of use your imagination with me on, on this one. Uh, you are, you know, going for a walk. If you, if you like to go on walks daily and you just happen to stumble across a spitting image, 18 year old version of yourself, what would be some advice you would give 18 year old Matthew Sullivan? Uh, buy Google, buy blockchain, uh, buy Bitcoin, buy Apple shares. Um, don't spend all your money. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think really in all seriousness, I think a lot of it is down to financial education. Mm-hmm. I think really, isn't it? Um, I, but another thing, but there's the other side of it because you naturally make your own mistakes. So I think a lot of it is, is just, yeah, what would I say? I'd say, look, just, yeah, believe in yourself. I would say, do whatever you want to do because if you believe in it enough, it will happen. So I think my advice to my younger self would be, don't worry, just keep believing because you'll make it happen. And that, if you can build that trust in yourself at an early state, at an early age, um, then then you become unstoppable. So I think um, just having that confidence at an early age that um, I, as the older person, believe in myself at a younger age. So I think that's... Um, I'm not sure that sort of works, but that—that—that's that, that that's what I would tell myself. That's amazing advice, and, and Matthew, I'm, I think you might be the first person uh, to give advice to your younger self that didn't involve some sort of avoidance of mistakes that have been made or uh, investment that should have been made. Your advice is to pretty much, you know, bet on yourself, believe in yourself, and you know, whatever you're going to do, if you're if you're moved to do it do it and you know have no have no um apologies needed just do it and believe in yourself and i think that's great advice for you know all all of us to to have really yeah i think i think so i think because you know we all make mistakes but just just you just gotta you know keep going just don't don't let them get in the way Mm-hmm. You got to go with the flow. So uh, now, uh, Matthew, I want to give you the the space and the 
the uh, the the floor to you know really plug yourself in and tell our millionaires a little bit more about where they can find you, um, how they can potentially maybe even do business with you, small or large investors, how they can you know invest in that next home equity contract and, and really be able to connect with you uh, for anything that you have going on, any special events, anything. That's great, Kai. Thank you. And now really, just check us out on the website, really, because we've got everything there. So we have a calculator where if you're a homeowner, you can find out the value of your property and how much potentially we could help you unlock. Um, there's a number of articles and podcasts and videos that explain how it works for an investor and for a homeowner as well. Um, we have, you know, eBooks that you can download. Our contact details are there. So, you know, please reach out to us. Um, the website is quantumre.com. That's Q-U-A-N-T-M-R-E.com, quantumre.com. Everything is there. So I think that's really the only thing you need to know is that website address. And, you know, check us out, find us, give us a call. Um, ask us some questions. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure I have a, a, a few millionaires that will tap into this that would love to get some more information. And uh, really, uh, Matthew, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, again, like I said, I can't thank you enough for the information and the value that you brought to not just me, but to our listeners that are tapping in as well. Because before today, I'm sure none of us have heard of a home equity contract and didn't even know that that was a way that we could maybe, you know, borrow money without actually borrowing money, increasing our debt to income ratio and all the other things that scare people with, you know, borrowing money as, as we know. So thank you. And of course, That's to our millionaires that are tuning in, thanks uh, for you all being a part of the show week in, week out. I'm thanking you in advance for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become. And also want to thank you in advance for just taking the time to give me the feedback that you do, to give me the ideas that you do. Uh, tell me some of the guests you want to hear from and the guests you want to hear more of. So thank you all for the engagement and just being a part of this platform. Um, if you really resonated with today's episode, I want to encourage you even more than Matthew has already done to go check out the website at quantumre.com. Get your estimates, see how much you can potentially get for the equity in your home. Start strategizing now what you can do with those funds, how much of a difference it can make in your life. And don't waste time. Most importantly, Napoleon Hill says, your abilities to make decisions quickly and change your mind rarely determine how successful you can be. So I want to encourage you all to make a decision and change your mind never, right? Not never, but rarely. So I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. You just heard from Matthew Sullivan on creative ways to invest in real estate. And in this case, borrow the home, the equity out of your home, right? Get access to the cash that you are entitled to. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace.